You're listening to the Rack and Roundtable podcast, episode number 35. I'm your host, David Oria, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris Agana, and today's guest was Jamie Santos. Jamie gave us a background of her career in HR, as well as her experience working for the government and switching over to the private sector. It's a great episode. That's something that I had to think about because I, I look back on my life now and I'm like, I made it all the way here. Like, why why do I keep telling myself, oh, there's this problem and this problem and this problem, and it's not a perfect time or situation to do something. So I, you know, I, I, I look at that and I think, if I were around more people making, you know, hard decisions that bring them to a better place, then maybe I'll do that too. And I'll get even farther than when I thought what I thought I'd do now. Hey, before we get started, let's hear a word from our show sponsor. Are you having trouble writing a personal statement? Trust me, you're not alone. We've all been there. Sometimes the hardest part is getting started. That's why Personal Storytellers created a free mini course to do just that. The course takes you step-by-step on how to get started writing a personal statement, taking your stories, weaving them together into a true personal statement. And the course is free, so check it out. You can find it on raccoonroundsofficial.com. They also have workshops on reviewing and revising your personal statements. All the resources are there, so check it out at raccoonroundsofficial.com forward slash personal storytellers. You're listening to the Raccoon Roundtable podcast. Here's where we all come together, share our stories about our struggles, mindset, and goals so that we all can get to the places we want to go. We appreciate you being here, and we hope you enjoy the episode. First of all, I just wanted to thank you, Jamie, for coming on the podcast. Um, it's just always, again, Chris and I, we were just kind of talking about this offline. Um, we just love having these types of conversations, especially like new perspectives and just having this this open dialogue about a lot of the things that maybe, I don't know, I can speak for myself. A lot of the things that we talk about here, maybe I've only had conversations with in a very like intimate types of settings. And being able to do this kind of on, on this platform has just, it's been amazing. So I'm just so happy to, to have you here. And I'm sure I can speak for Chris as well. Um, before we get started, just give us, give us a 30,000 foot view picture of, of who you are, um, where you are, um, where you are in your career, um, what you do and where you're from and just everything. Just give us a, a snapshot of that. <laughs> okay. So I am a Jamie Santos. Um, I, Oh, I don't even know where to start. So I guess back in high school, I really hated school. Uh, graduated a semester early, uh, started working for the government. Um, I also started working for um, this dual credit high school where high school students go to college. Um, after that, I finished my degree. I have a bachelor's of science in public administration. Um, I went into HR with it. So I worked for the university that we have here, um, UNLV. Uh, started working there for HR for maybe three years, uh, mostly because my parents wanted me to work for government because of the benefits. So that was that was pretty much my only plan. I wasn't planning to do anything else. Um, 2019 came and I was actually given the opportunity to work for Amazon. So I ended up taking that, have been working there for the past two years, and been it's been a crazy ride, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of about me. I also talk about um, some financial things, usually mostly about like school and your planning on what you want to do in the future, just because I feel like I've had so many questions about how to do it myself. So I try to help people out to find out where they want to go. 
So talking about uh, figuring out what you want to do, when you pursued this degree, um, your bachelor's degree, did you really know what you want to do, or at least at the time? No, not at all. So when I graduated high school, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just do something, I don't know, something that'll bring me money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't really have any kind of like passions. I mean, at the time, Tumblr was like a thing. So I was like, oh, maybe a blogger, but you know, will that really bring me money? <laughs> um, but I ended up, well, my cousin actually told me about her program because, you know, most people go into nursing or like some kind of medical thing. So she went into, um, she became a licensed optician. Um, it was a two-year degree, um, pretty easy. I mean, it was in the medical field, so it was pretty secure. Um, and then, you know, barely talking to patients, like barely touching patients, <laughs> let's just say that. They pretty much fix your glasses and adjust your contacts. So that's what they do. I started off in college doing something like that, but I was like, do I, when I was a kid, I took out all of the eyeballs out of, out of my dolls. <laughs> so maybe I might have nightmares if I go into that. Plus I found out that taking that degree, if I wanted to become a doctor, an optometrist, none of that two years would go into the optometry, um, optometrist like degree. So that's another eight years on top of that, not including residency or whatever kind of internships I would have to do. So I was like, mm, let's get something a little bit faster. So I was looking into other degrees, most of them like PTA, physical therapist assistant, occupational therapist assistant, um, some nursing degrees or some kind of other medical degrees, same thing. You would have to go back from, you know, the very beginning to get a doctorate. So um, I was like, you know, I really don't know. I'm here sitting in an office. Um, so maybe just office work is what I wanna do. So I looked up manager positions and I saw HR manager and I was like, you know what? I really like helping people like figure out what they wanna do, making sure they make the right choice when it comes to their jobs or, you know, like their education and things like that anyway. So let's let's go for HR. So I got him a business degree. Um, I didn't wanna go into business for some reason at UNLV. <laughs> um, I ended up getting a public administration degree, which is like civic engagement, community engagement, um, kind of like public relations, poli sci, kind of like that. So that's how I got into that in HR. I actually really love HR. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I wanted to cycle back on something that you actually mentioned about um, kind of when you were you were making those decisions about what you wanted to do. Um, you know, you had a conversation with your parents about or I guess maybe they provided their input on, uh, you know, the careers that you should be looking at and stuff like that. How much was um, your parents influence on your decision weighed during that time? And like, kind of take us through that process. Um, so they actually, I mean, like I said, they're the ones who convinced me to go into government. But I, I actually when I think about it, I think my cousin that told me about the op licensed optician is probably one of the only people in the medical field in my family, which is kind of weird. My dad is an engineer and my mom used to be an accountant. Um, I actually told my mom, I was like, I like numbers, you know, maybe I should be an accountant too. And she actually told me, it's boring. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because I ended up doing it for the high school that I worked at. Um, mm -hmm. And I ended up loving it, but I still went into HR because I don't know, it was more talking to people instead of, you know, behind a computer the whole time. Um, so yeah, they were the biggest reason why I decided to do this. Actually, when I was young, I felt like, I look at back at it now, like, you know, I wanted to set, sell pencils and paper and erasers in like second grade. <laughs> but then my mom would come back and be like, why are you doing this? You know, my dad, you, my dad worked so hard. 
you know, she's like, your dad works so hard for you. So why do you want to make it seem like we don't have enough money? So for uh, me, that like, interesting. that completely changed my mindset. I feel like if that didn't happen, I would probably be in a very different path right now. But yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. <laughs> they put me on the right path for sure. But I feel like as far as like my mindset when it comes to business, it's, it's so different because of that. That's so interesting. That mindset where if someone's trying to, you know, make some money on the side that it was a negative thing. It kind of reminds me of a story when I was a kid, my dad uh, took this side job of like delivering pizzas, even though he was in the Navy. And I thought, oh man, I'm so proud of my dad trying to grind. And then my mom told me, oh, he only did that for a month because he was trying to get a new stereo for the car. <laughs> so it's like, it's, a story where it's like, it is, it's not always a negative thing. Sometimes somebody just wants to buy something or somebody wants to, you know, save. Um, but you mentioned earlier that, uh, so with, with HR, you love HR. Why do you love HR? Um, it's a lot of talking to people. So especially when I got this position at Amazon, um, that's when I realized it's really about who you know, not necessarily what you know, because you'll learn that eventually, especially when you get your first job, they're not going to hire you because you have the experience. You don't have the experience in the beginning. So when I got this job at Amazon, I actually applied three years before that and never heard anything back. Um, my coworker at the time, her mom worked for Amazon. She submitted my resume. That's how I got the job. I made $20,000 more than my last job at government. So that's like, you know, it's, it's really about who you know, because you never know these things until you hear about them. Being in HR, you know, some people have the craziest jobs just looking at these resumes. It's like, I never knew that that was a thing. So yeah, it's just being able to talk to people and help them make like big decisions in their life that helps me because it feels fulfilling like you get to see them reap the benefits of what what they planned that means we're like perfect for the podcast too (laughs) 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 that's awesome that's cool that's cool i think um yeah you touched on a huge thing like it's about who you know um not always what you know i mean that always helps but you know who you know matter there's a lot of weight to that too and and just the it just kind of speaks to the importance of like your network you know what i mean and um i guess specific to you like i know that you you said that your um your coworker's family member like had submitted the application for you well, like what, what other examples do you have uh for listeners out there of just like the the value of the network the understanding that at an early age and how that can impact you in the long run you know what i mean um I think there's this thing, I don't know if I'm getting it right, so don't quote me on this, but I think it was something like, your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you hear it all the time, like, you're, if your five friends are stupid, then you're going to be stupid too. <laughs> you're the good, you're going to be the sixth one. If your five friends are rich, you're going to be the sixth one. So that, that I took, you know, to heart because I'm like, okay, who are my friends and what are they doing now? Like, what, what are their qualities that I really love about them? I mean, of course, no one's perfect, but what are the qualities that I really love about them? And, and how can I hone that in myself to make myself better? So, I mean, when I was younger, I actually used to be really competitive. And I realized that if I didn't beat somebody, I would, it would like, it would hit my confidence. So after a while, I would just quit. And like, that, that, I, I always look back on it and I think like, you know, I've made it so far now and like just because I'm hit on my confidence, like instead of pushing myself harder, why do I just quit? 
like are those my friends <laughs> you know what i mean like that are showing up in in like my decisions but mm, dang oh whoa whoa that was <laughs> whoa that's powerful yeah so so that's that's something that i had to think about because i i look back on my life now and i'm like I made it all the way here. Like, why, why do I keep telling myself, oh, there's this problem and this problem and this problem, and it's not a perfect time or situation to do something. So I, you know, I, I, I look at that and I think if I were around more people making, you know, hard decisions that bring them to a better place, then maybe I'll do that too. And I'll get even farther than when I thought what I thought I'd be now. Um, that's that's awesome <laughs> i mean uh so let's say we you reflect and you see you know like your your peers or your, the main group that you're among if there's something else that you want out of that or like maybe you have to branch out of this certain network what is your first steps to do that um it's you really just have to put yourself out there sometimes like i i am really shy i i was and i still am and it, which is weird because I'm in HR and I talk to people all the time. <laughs> so it, it kind of makes me think too, like, you know, how other people have affected my personality, my thought process, um, things like that. Sometimes even seeing their own failures, it's like, oh, maybe I don't want to do that. Or maybe I'll just go for it too, because what, what, I mean, they're still living their life. Right. So taking that first step, you just, you kind of, you really have to just push yourself out there. It's, there's no other way really like there's never going to be a perfect time to to take a challenge to to just push yourself you got to you got to just push yourself some people learn how to swim that way right <laughs> just push yourself in the pool you can learn how to swim <laughs> that's that's so good like and the reason why i reacted that way was because like that's some serious reflection like that's some serious like you know, especially, I mean, I don't know what, what age that you kind of started doing that, but regardless, you know, that's a lot of like just really deep thought about your situation, how you want to like move forward. And like, again, putting the pieces together around you to really just do that, to be, to succeed or, and, and sometimes it's not even to succeed. It's to, to not follow in like the, the failures of other people that you've seen around you. You know what I mean? You learn from the experiences of other people. And I think that's huge. And I think that also, again, speaks to what you talked about. Like your, your net worth is like your, is your network. Right. And, and it's the people that you've surrounded yourself with. And I think that, again, that's just, that's an awesome mindset to, to have. I think that's just huge. I don't even know where I was going with that, but I just wanted to comment <laughs> just cause that's, that's amazing. Um, for people that are, are, kind of looking for that right they maybe they've taken that step like chris was talking about but they're still in search of that that environment you know what's some advice that you have for them um i would say it's okay to take a break um this year uh taught me a lot i was i actually i told david earlier i was on a leave since may last year so it's been nine months uh, this past Monday is the first day I got back to work in nine months. So um, if people are still searching and trying to find what they want to do, I mean, I mean, especially if you're living with your parents, you have no bills, no real obligations, then take that time to discover what you really want to do. I mean, what do you have to lose a couple years? I mean, I, I have a checklist that I found from 2017 and it says quit job in five years and it's been five years and I still haven't quit my job. You know what I mean? So imagine if I had just done 
whatever business I wanted to do when I still live with my parents and imagine where that would be now. I mean, my husband, um, Alderman Santos, he does this thing called B League, which is a sports league for basketball and volleyball. He started that like five, six years ago and look where it's at now. There's a huge community for that. So imagine if I said, mm, maybe it's not the right time. Oh, we don't have enough money for it. Um, imagine where we would be now. So, you know, it's, it's okay to take the time to like think about what you really want to do. But like I said, there's not going to be a perfect time to, to just go for it. Shout out to B-League, by the way. <laughs> I know, yeah. Sorry, David, I think I cut you off there. Oh, no, do your thing, man. I was just going to, um, that's a really good point that you bring up that when you do have this time, say you have time to save money, like you're living with your parents, take that time to really figure out what you want to do. Um, we had a previous episode where um, one of our other, our other guests had mentioned that um, you do have to really self-reflect to find out what kind of gets your heart racing, what you enjoy. Um, because even though your parents may like, they've worked hard, they grinded, they wanted to provide a better future, but what's more, I mean, they may want you to pursue something that makes good money, but at the same time, if they find out that you're doing this and not enjoying it, will they still be as happy or as proud of that? I mean, that's something to really self-reflect. And when you have that type of opportunity to maybe save money, that's when you should take advantage of that time. Um, and, and I want to go back to what you are doing now. I know that you, one of your goals is to eventually maybe leave this job, but um, so what is it that you do specifically in HR? Because um, I know there's so many different areas within HR. So if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking of maybe pursuing a career in HR, what is it do you actually do? Is it like employee relations? Is it like recruiting? What is it do you do um, in HR? Um, so yeah, there are a different, a bunch of different departments within HR. Um, at Amazon specifically, I, I actually work at the warehouse on the floor with the associates. So if they have any issues, they come to us first. Um, we, we pretty much just fix any like, like simple issues. And then if they have bigger issues, um, we try to like deep dive it. That's one of their leadership principles. We try to deep dive their, their issues. Um, and then we have like special projects, how to increase engagement, how to increase attendance, how to lower attrition, which is um, like terminations, um, things like that. So as far as like Amazon and like the work, it's pretty crazy because um, they have these set of like, I think it's 12 principles. And when you do your interviews, you kind of have to mention like what your experience is in those principles. Um, which, so it really like, you know, it pushes you to like be the best version of yourself over there. Um, but I did used to work in recruiting. Um, like I said, I applied for another position within Amazon for recruiting. That's mostly, you know, finding the candidates, looking at their qualifications, uh, setting up schedules for interviews, um, and then uh, onboarding, pretty much stuff like that. There is also like leave of absence, um, and uh, leave benefits, medical benefits, things like that. Um, there's also, um, what else is another big one? Uh, investigations, employee escalations, grievances, um, that. And I, I would say those are like the biggest ones as far as HR. Nice. So if that's like something you wanna do, it's especially, especially working in the warehouse, it's really tough because the associates have a lot of issues. And I've noticed like being on my leave, the um, like higher level associates are treated a little bit different. So I try to do my best to like help them like, hey, you know, we have a lot of people, you know, getting terminated for attendance. So this is what you need to do. You can choose one of these paths. This is exactly what you need to do so that you don't get terminated. <laughs> okay, like, you know, and then that's, you know, that's how, that's how it is because a lot of these people are um, like, you know, these are, they have like, 
six kids making $15 an hour. So you really don't want them to lose their job, but you still have to do your job for the company as well. So like, you're kind of like a liaison for both. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, kind of in that same vein, you mentioned, um, talking to people. So I assume, you know, people skills is is something that you always, you're exercising on a day to day basis, especially, you know, with these, uh, types of issues that, that come up, um, problem solving, you know, uh, for someone that's looking into this, uh, into this, um, field and, trying to pursue a, a career path, maybe kind of the same similar way that you have. Um, what are some other skills that they would kind of need to keep top of mind uh, in for, as far as preparation for something like this? Um, I would say always try to look at the big picture because for me, what, especially coming into um, Amazon, I always looked at like the small details and sometimes some, some of those details are insignificant. They don't, they don't matter even though, you know, it works for you. But I mean, try to find ways that work for you that that work for the big picture, because, you know, like I can do this one thing for this one associate specifically for them. But if I'm not consistent and looking at the big picture, do I really want to spend, you know, an hour with this associate when I have 6000 other associates? So, you know, you kind of have to look at that. Like, what decision are you going to make to to bring an impact and then a result to to whatever you guys are trying to reach? Right. Nice. Okay. Um, and then uh, I know that earlier you mentioned um, that you used to work at UNLV and now you're working at Amazon. Um, can you give us like a comparison for working from like for the, the government or the state or county benefits there, pros and cons, and then also working in the private sector and then eventually why you made the switch? Yeah. So um, like I said, my parents really convinced me because my dad works for the government as an engineer. So his benefits are amazing. Um we, at least here in Nevada, we don't pay into social security if you're working for the government. So you actually get this thing called um, public employee retirement system or something like that, PERS. Um, At least for when I worked at UNLV, that was pretty much 60% of whatever your last income salary is for um, when you retire, which is really good. I mean, social security is probably like a couple hundred dollars a month, which is Mm -hmm. not livable. So it makes sense. Um, you also get, you know, like medical benefits, um, time off. Usually, I think mine was three weeks of sick leave, three weeks of vacation every year. Um, and then, uh, so I had to kind of weigh that and then look at Amazon. Government, it's really, really, especially working in HR, it's really hard to get fired. Even mm, if you scary. do something really bad, which is, yeah. it's kind of like sketchy, but like they go through this whole entire process. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I've I've seen people steal money, cash money, and still keep their jobs. What? Wow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's Don't do that, though, guys. Don't do that. <laughs> they have to go through this huge entire process, and sometimes like the length of time is not worth it. Just move them. So um. Um, it's really hard to get um, to get fired from government, but also. Like I was making $30,000 after a four year degree. So um, Mm. looking at Amazon, especially coming from like my medical leave and stuff, their benefits are amazing too. (laughs) Um, But of course it depends. Like if you work for a smaller business, it's going to be different. Um, But a lot of the times when it comes to government, they technically, it's it's really weird. It's backwards. Um, They, they actually try to spend the most money, even if it's on frivolous things, because if not, they don't get that money to spend for the next year. Oh, that's because, right. Yeah, budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Whereas private sector, they try to save like as much money as possible, right? So that they can say we have you know revenue for the next year or more revenue, more profit, tax benefits, whatever. <laughs> um, but when it comes to salaries, for some reason, it's not like that. It's um, like their salaries are way lower. I'm doing, I, I mean, technically I'm doing way more because government, at least my job was very slow, <laughs> very slow. I would probably, when I was making like YouTube videos, I would spend my eight hours editing those YouTube videos. That <laughs> nice. Um, so it was that slow. And like my boss is okay with it. She's like, you know, if you have homework or like you need to, like you want to read on your downtime, like that's fine. Amazon is not like that. <laughs> not like that at all. They're did like, did, they, no, go ahead. did the UNLV, did they hire you while you were still going to school or right after school? Yeah, actually I needed my bachelor's degree and I was two months shy of it when I got hired. But oh, nice. I mean, I, I was like already halfway through the semester and I'm like a straight A student. So it was okay for them that I didn't have my degree yet. But um, yeah, like even like my position now with Amazon, technically I don't need my degree. So, but oh. I'm making a lot more money than before. So that was kind of like a big difference. Like, yeah, technically it's a lot easier to get fired from Amazon, but like, do I really want to do something that would put me in that kind of position where like I'm scared I might get fired? So that was like, you know, one thing I had to compare and then to their benefits too, which ultimately ended up showing that they were better <laughs> for sure. Um, and then like the salary. So I always, I had to think about it. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to make an extra 20, even $30,000, like double my salary, is it worth like all this extra stress, um, drive a little bit farther, you know? And then, like I said, there's, some of my coworkers were promoted two or three times while I was there. So, wow. I mean, kind of like just a little bit of background. When I first started, I wasn't prepared when there was an opening. So it kind of like set me back a little bit. But um, yeah, like one of my coworkers, she was promoted, I want to say three times since I've been there. Wow. And like, ima imagine like it took me a year to get promoted at UNLV and then I was done unless my supervisor retired. And she's only in her fifties. How long have you been with Amazon? <laughs> uh, two years. Okay. Yeah, and I know so with um, with the government jobs, there's a lot of seniority too. So even though you may be the most qualified, there's like next in line, right? Yep. Pretty much. Yeah, that's how it was. Like my supervisor was like mid fifties, so like at mm. least another ten years before I could get promoted again. And <laughs> and like my salary was on a scale, not on performance. So like someone who's like not doing their job at all, but they're there for 10 years and will make more than me wow. at, in government. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and they're going to want to stay longer because in order to get that bigger pension, they're going to have to be there as long yeah. as they can. Right. Yeah. I uh, mean, the good thing too, is that you're at least here in Nevada, you're also able to like buy your years. So if, okay. So I was hired when I was 21 years old, I could have retired at 51 cause I needed 30 years but I could have bought five years and retired at like in my forties. How does that work? I've heard, so, I've heard of that before. Yeah. If you buy your years, so it depends when you buy your years. Like it's like a percentage of how much your current salary is yeah. when you want to buy. So like um, if I want to buy five years, it's going to be like maybe 5% of your salary. Oh, I see. Of what like the, okay. Okay. Yeah, so, I think it was only a max five years though. So I, technically I could have retired at like in my forties, but like with a $60,000 salary or something compared to 
possibly making hundred thousand dollars in private sector. So, mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was like a thought about it too. Yeah, like the ceiling is so much higher, mm -hmm. um, you know, one versus the other. So it's yeah. like that's a huge consideration, especially when when moving uh, between sectors, you know. But I, I, I wanted to, to touch on something that you you kind of mentioned that, you know, you didn't you or someone trying to pursue the um, the job, their position that you have now, you know, may not even need their degree. Right. So mm -hmm. that kind of the, the first thing that came to my mind was like, all right, like your uh your qualifications versus your experience right mm -hmm. and i feel like that because that's a question you know that a lot of people ask in many different industries and the answer is always very very different for all of those industries um for yours in particular uh looking back at you know the time that you've devoted to your degrees uh, to gain your qualifications, but also the time that you've um, devoted to building your network and understanding the experience also has value. Um, how do you navigate that uh, specific to your position, to your um, your job and your career? Um, so I, I try to balance it out. So when I was actually working at um, UNLV, I would post these recruitments online. And when we would get applications, I had to screen for minimum qualification. So it could say, you know, bachelor's degree or two years of experience or bachelor's degree and two years of experience. So that makes a big difference, right? Um, uh, one of the qualifications on there too was to submit a cover letter. So if anyone submitted their resume without a cover letter, you're already out of the running because you didn't follow directions. So something like that, it's, you know, I. You have to you have to like really figure out what they're looking for, you know. So when I'm screening these um, things, like you can have all of all of the requirements that we're looking for, and all of the skills, but because you don't you didn't attach one cover letter, you know, three paragraphs, easy to introduce yourself. We don't even read that. <laughs> what's interesting <laughs> though? What's interesting though is that like also comes with experience, you know, like yeah, exactly. you, you, right. don't, you don't know that, like especially coming out, uh, coming out the gate, you know, you don't mm -hmm. know the, a lot of these things. So for what you're speaking yeah. to, that that does come with experience. Yeah, you really have to make a good first impression when mm -hmm. it comes to things like that. It's like you can have all of the experience and be the most qualified or even overqualified. I mean, that also kind of might take you out of the running too if you're overqualified. Like, why do you want to? job that's below below you you know what i mean um but yeah like you have to like put that into consideration how much of your experience is actually weighing it out because like i said you know a four-year degree or two years of experience you can see a four-year degree is four years but if you have the experience it weighs a little bit more but you know you, you kind of have to you have to weigh it out like what is more important to do right now like you can have all the qualifications miss that one step and not be qualified anymore so i don't know if i answered your question <laughs> no, no yeah, that was good yeah definitely i, I th let me know if this is this trick is true because I, I use this trick um <laughs> so with with resumes and maybe not every employer does this but um they have like an automated screener for like resumes for exact word matches so what i'll do is when i'm planning applying for a job is I'll look at the job description and copy and paste a lot of the requirements into my resume so that I get to that first level. I mean, is that mm -hmm. something you'd recommend as well? I mean, I always say it's cheating as long as you're not lying. You know, I mean, they're, they're just wording it the way that they want to hear it, right? <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I mean, I don't copy and paste, but like I pretty much take whatever they're saying um, and just like change a couple words here and there exactly. to make yeah. it my own. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would do that too because I've found success in that. 
God. Uh, This is also a very pointed question as well, because I'm talking to like the 18 year old David right now. Like when you, cause he was very frustrated at some point about like, how do I apply for an entry level position that's asking for five years of experience? (laughs) (laughs) So how do you do that? Or I guess, um, what's the thought process for someone that's going through that? Um, so I would say, I mean, not to say lie on your resume because that's not what I'm saying at all (laughs) but like for example if you're part of like your church youth like youth group organization and you have like even this popped up on my first day back to work I've never put balloons together but for some reason (laughs) that was part of my job description on Monday so I you know I've done it for activities before so I'm like I got this like you don't even need to show me the pictures I got this so you know Mm. you have to take personal experiences. So sometimes I have um, like a section at the bottom, like extracurricular, right? So if I don't have any professional experience, I'll put it in the extracurricular section. You know, I've never supervised anybody. I'm still not a supervisor, but if I were to go back and say like, I was the vice president of my group organization, then, you know, like I have 12 people under me or three, three people under me and I still connect with the leaders of this you know, group, then that kind of shows them that I do have the experience, which like, you know, you can't get supervisory experience through your college degree. And you can't learn that unless you actually go through it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you sometimes you just have to take your personal experiences and try to make it, you know, just add it in, in there somehow. <laughs> There's like an element of creativity almost, you know, mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think an add a layer to that is what you mentioned earlier with networking, because I mean, if even though your resume or, or what your background is, isn't like meeting some of the some of the minimum requirements, once you have made contact with like a manager or somebody who is like on that team or department, they might vouch for you. Right. I, I had just recently where somebody had applied. So some reason we didn't get her resume, maybe because HR didn't. Um, think she fit through the screening. She messaged me through LinkedIn and said, Hey, like, what can I do to get my foot in the door in your field? And I said, You applied? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, I called HR and we're like, we, You got to send her a resume right now. Mm-hmm. Um, little things like that. And also, um, there's been times where uh, you may, somebody reaches out and then uh, they, uh, the, sorry, the person, the manager might like that person and they might even modify some of the minimum requirements just so that person could later qualify. You know what I mean? So it's just like, taking that opportunity to try to reach out is a, is a lot bigger than people really think it is. It really is. So like just as, just yesterday, I messaged one of my coworkers cause he actually asked me, he wanted to be an HR, but he's an operations manager or a floor manager. Um, Oh, did I get disconnected? Oh, here we go. Sorry. Oh, no, you're, you're here. here. You're so good. You're staying yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it like swiped. I was like, uh, hello. <laughs> okay, so, so he was um, an area manager on the floor and um, I'm working in HR. He actually asked me before I left, hey, like, how do I get into HR? I was like, let me connect you with my manager, talk to them, like, you know, get it, get it situated with them and see what you can do. Because um, we had an opening anyway. He didn't actually get it at that time. And then a few months later, I found out he got a position at the building that I want to be at. So now I'm like, um, hey, you know, how are you? Like, how are you doing <laughs> here? And then I messaged him and he like sent me a screenshot. I was like, I want to go to that building. Could you help me out? And he sent me a screenshot of what he said. And he's like, she is good. We want her on our team. Like, please get her. I'm like, yes, thank you. <laughs> so it's, awesome. it really is like the people you know really weighs a lot in, in your career. Mm-hmm. Don't burn bridges. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is, I mean, 
that that's advice for for everybody like there don't burn any bridges you never know like what body of water you're going to need to cross you know what yeah. I'm saying? yeah you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like that's that's <laughs> real cuz once that bridge is burned like it takes a long time to rebuild so again mm-hmm. i we keep kind of going back to this too it's just like it's it's the people you know and that's mm-hmm. there's a lot of maybe misunderstood value there mm-hmm. you know uh especially early on you know again a lot of this just comes with experience and you and you figure that out but the earlier you figure that out like just outcomes are generally more positive that's just reality mm-hmm. yeah definitely um i do want to give you an opportunity jamie you've been mentioning that um you're thinking about making another career change or you want to pursue something else i think you've been bit by like the firebug or something yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> but i mean we do want to give you an opportunity what you think is next like what do you, what do you want to pursue now i mean um i really like i said when i was younger i, I really had like that entre- entrepreneurial spirit so i kind of want to test out the waters like i i follow all of these like investors and like real estate agent. So I'm actually trying to get my real estate license. Um, we'll see how that goes. Cause I've been talking about it for years. So well, I'm hoping this year is the year. Well, <laughs> it's really about it. putting yourself out there, right? <laughs> you said it on the podcast, it's going to happen the next time you're on the podcast. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. No, I love that. I mean, again, you can't, at least this is just, just for me, you know, like, kind of i guess maybe maybe bring this full circle with um kind of like chris's story about um you know the side hustle or that little bit that we were talking about side hustles you know or or even just doing something on the side that you are there's a reason for it right uh whether it's to make a little bit more money or maybe you're just passionate about it you know i think there's um a lot of times maybe there's there are people that just may may initially question uh but like you know, if you're doing it for, for the right reasons, like, yo, go for it, you know, go for it. This is something that you want to pursue. If your, your, um, your investments or your or real estate license is just something that's like, that ignites the fire, like, you know, um, more power to you, you know? And then with the follow-up to that is, uh, so where do you see yourself 10 years from now? What's the big dream? What does it look like? Sound like, taste like? 10 years? 10 or more. I mean, whatever the end goal is for you. I mean, um, I would say, well, I really want to be a stay at home mom. That's, that's nice. really my thing. So I, I don't know whatever job that's going to, that's going to take me there, but I just want to be a stay at home mom, the best mom I could be. That's awesome. Love it. I love it. Um, I guess to kind of, to round this out, like where can people, you know, find out more about you, connect with you, uh, ask you questions if they have any, um, go ahead and uh, self-promote yourself. <laughs> so um, I am on Instagram, Jamie Janine, J-A-M-I-E, J-A-N-I-N-E. Um, I also have a website, but it's under construction right now. So hopefully later this year is jamiejanine.com. Nice. 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 Awesome. 